everybody. Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, this time for the 166th time only, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We have got a good one to get into. LSU had a monstrous win against Alabama, winning 32-31 in overtime, but only one overtime session. Obviously, we gotta, we're going to have to break this one down for you folks, and we're going to be happy to do it for you. Uh, just an all-around great win for the Tigers, for uh, you know the individual players, the team. Brian Kelly, just LSU in general, uh, amazing win that I think the Tiger Athletic Fund is going to be happy to pay another $250,000 fine for. Um, so we have that to talk about. LSU obviously putting itself in you know a sole position in the SEC West to – to bring it home, but we have this uh, upcoming game against Arkansas we also have to talk about because the work is not done. Uh, that was a great win. Uh, obviously, a lot of good work on that on that game, but um, uh, the, the season is not over, so we have still three more games, starting with Arkansas, who beat us last time uh, in overtime in Baton Rouge, but we got to get travel up to Arkansas. Got to talk about that, too. Before we get into any of this, got to check in with you guys because, man, I... <laughs> I imagine we all can talk about our shared emotional experiences from it, but it just still feels kind of surreal, right? I don't know what it's like in Baton Rouge because I was like, you know, the uh, the epicenter of it, and just the the stadium. You know, you've seen Tiger Stadium in a frenzy before, but uh, man, and I was just it like after the game, I didn't even see any green. I didn't see any green on the field. It was just all people. I don't think I've seen that before. So I think we we kind of. Checked. I mean, Brian Kelly checked a couple of other boxes, but he's definitely got the full Tiger Stadium experience, I think, under his belt now. But uh, before we get all that, man, how you guys doing? Uh, I'm sure you had a good weekend after that, right? Yeah, man. I mean, Scott's going to be here with you again. I mean, sure. another great, uh, another great weekend. Probably one of the best weekends in LSU football. I mean, gosh obviously since the championship year but even before that i you know like i don't think we've played a a real close gutted out game like that um and one and one in years right. in, way before since before 2019 i mean that felt like a vintage that felt like the 2011 game that felt I like say that yeah until tj yeldon cut that uh that halfback pass and ran it yeah i totally agree with you I mean, it, it was so awesome. I mean, awesome weekend, great weekend in Baton Rouge. Uh, and I'm just happy to be here to, to talk about it with y'all. Yes, yeah, Scott, Tommy, it's uh, great to be here as well. Awesome, awesome game. Probably, I mean, it was so stressful to watch it, but in terms of like pure entertainment value, it really doesn't get much better than that. Uh, I checked and the last time we beat Alabama was exactly 150 podcast episodes ago. Uh, it was episode 16 when we won in 2019. So uh, it feels like a long time and it has been a long time. And it, it was a, a very sweet experience to see. Uh, and just so happy to, to talk about that with y'all and say that we really still are in the hunt long way to go, but so many positives to to discuss. I know so so many, and it seems like each week they just they, you keep adding to the list. And in addition to like the last time LSU won, the last time they actually won in Death Valley was 2010. Yeah, so that was 12 years right there. That's like a Chinese calendar. Well, we we came up on that 12th year, and like I say, we're kind of in the driver's seat in the SEC West. 
Um, granted, we still got to play two road games. As of now, you know, you could say they're subpar opponents, but uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's not going to be easy considering the the history of these these games. But before we get into that, man, we got to talk about this Alabama game because, whoo, uh, I I think we kind of hoped for a good game, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of us called a close game score wise, whether it was for the plus or the minus for the Tigers. Uh, I'm I'm glad to say that I was the only one that at least caught them like they might win if it's close. And <laughs> I'm sure it, it couldn't have been closer than that, right? Got to get yeah. that. It was like just the opposite of the the FSU game. But uh, I don't know, man. There's like uh, like you said, there are eight lead changes, all of it after half, though. So I think we got to give our our cap to the uh, the LSU defense. But overall, man, I think this team came to play. These coaches came to coach slash play, right? Like there was, there was, they, they obviously had a really sound game plan. There were no mistakes really. Like they, they might know some individual mistakes, but like to us, the, you know, the, the onlookers, there was no uh, real bad turnovers. Like we didn't just screw ourselves and like, Oh, you know, extend a drive for them. I don't know. There were some calls that could have gone either way, but I think both teams got those. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the, 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 the officiating didn't control the game completely. Um, but you could tell it was just kind of like a different year for the tide. Uh, and we yeah. kind of caught them on that year. Uh, you know, I don't make any excuses cause it's still, they're still hard out no matter what. Uh, I mean, they're still, it's still Bryce young and you know, everybody else that Nick Saban coaches, but you could see though that they had a lot of penalties and they needed those penalties to stay in the game. That's how like well prepared we were. So kudos to Brian Kelly and the team. Um, I don't know. I'll start with you, Tommy. Man, what's your, what's your overall impression of the game? Can you? Uh, I don't know. I would challenge you. Could you put it into five words? But probably not, right? He's thinking. Uh, <laughs> we can't. We can't. I'd say. Speak. I'd say. Almost stellar. Tiger football. <laughs> That's four words. Uh, almost perfectly, almost perfect, almost stellarly perfect Tiger football. I mean, look, they you 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 nailed it, Scott. Like they came to play. They had a game plan. They executed it all, all pretty much flawlessly. Um, I mean, Matt House. I think Matt House is you. He just proved why he was chosen to be the defensive coordinator. He's had a you know. I think everybody, and I mean, Mike Denbrock as well. Brian Kelly, obviously, you know, kind of lived. He, he's kind of the buck stops with him. But these two coordinators, you've seen them getting better and better every week. You know, the offense has gotten better, the defense has gotten better, but both of them, I think, just earned all the money in that game on Saturday. The defensive plan, I mean, the way that LSU was able to, uh, to, to, gosh, wreak havoc on Bryce Young, who, if you don't think he's the best player in college football after watching that game on Saturday, like, I don't know what you're watching because, I, I mean, I know this is an LSU podcast, but the man almost willed his, his, Alabama was not in this game, but Bryce Young was. He almost willed them to win at the end. And, I mean, if, if we hadn't had, you know, 22 bodies, 11 on each, 11 on each side of the ball playing pretty much, you know, like I said, almost perfect football. He probably wins it just because that's how good he is. And that's how he could, I mean, that last drive where he picked us apart to, to basically take it to overtime. I mean, at that point, you're kind of just like, well, good for you. Like that's, that's just how good you are. Um, 
I mean, I think that the but the the game plan that we had, the way that our uh, defensive line, Harold Perkins in particular, um, and and BJ Ojolari were able to get just co- constantly get pressure on him in different and, and and get different pressure on him in different stunts, different uh, different blitzes. Um, gosh, incredible performance by the defense offense. Uh, I mean, I think you saw you saw a great uh, a great performance on you know both sides of the or both facets of the offense. You know whether it's throwing and, and passing, I mean throwing and running. Um, I mean, gosh, this is LSU football. Like this is what we this is what we paid. You know, this is the hundred million dollars that Brian Kelly's getting. This is what he's supposed to be paying for, or what we're supposed to be paying for. Um, it's earlier than I thought it'd be. Obviously, I think all all three of us picked LSU to lose. Scott, you said you know you did pick them. You said maybe they can make him win it in a close one. But um, I mean, all I can say is I'm I'm glad I was wrong because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I can't I can't believe what we saw. Yeah, you asked Tommy to explain it in five words. I think I might be able to do it in four, which is that everybody did their job. That's true. They, um we had a lot of great individual performances and nobody cost us the game. Uh, Alabama, they had some chunk plays, some success, but that's what you get with Alabama with, you have the reigning Heisman trophy winner, Bryce young, arguably the best defensive player in football. Will Anderson, they're going to be the best there. running back in football and Jimmy or Gibbs. He's yeah, so they're, underrated. They're going to get theirs. And they did. Uh, all three of those players had big impacts, but everybody on LSU side did their job. Jaden Daniels, I was accurate for the most part, elusive in the running game, provided a dimension to our offense that we needed to uh, threaten the Alabama defense. Our running backs, Josh Williams, great game from the walk-on. Big shout-out to him. John Emery, huge touchdown pass, uh, or touchdown reception, excuse me. And then the offensive line, which we had circled as a big question mark. We did give up six sacks, which is not stellar, but uh, they did just enough to where we could operate our offense at a, at a reasonable clip. And Jaden Daniels wasn't about to lose his head on every single play. They held up and that's what we needed from. Yeah. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, Alabama didn't have a lot of playmakers at wide receiver. And we took advantage of that. Our DBs contained uh, Jared Bernard Converse, big stats. Uh, you pointed out already, Tommy, uh, the linebacking led by Harold Perkins, who's, like can't get enough praise for his play as a true freshman. And then the D line harassing Bryce young. Uh, I still think about that play when Bryce young threw the dart on like third and something that we had him like dead to rights and he escaped, but still like you, you put pressure on the quarterback and, and good things happen. And then kind of in the last facet of the game, uh, the coaching like uh, Brian Kelly and you, you said Matt house and Mike Denbrock did their job. Brian Kelly made the correct call, the gutsy call to go for two at the end. Um, I said it in in real time after we scored, like go for two right now. If we win the game, obviously it's awesome. If we lose, then we lose whatever. Like it was Alabama and we did our best because the longer you go, like the better chance you have to lose against Alabama. So it was the correct decision and yeah, all around great game plan. And it worked together seamlessly to, to win a football game. And that's all you can ask for. I know. Yeah. And I, I feel like it was, it was the first game this whole season. You could say, you know what? I think we did really well. Like we exceeded in all three phases. Of Absolutely. 
right? Like special teams did not bog us down. It's like you think other games looking back this season, it's like, wow, this game could have been really great this one way, or, you know, maybe this game wouldn't have been as bad if not. But um, we, you know, it's like our, our, our special teams kind of just helped along get the win. You know, the, the punting had a, a really good uh, outcome. Field goals, we didn't really need that many. We only needed one, but he hit it. We hit the extra points. Uh, you know, our our touchbacks, I think there's only one that kind of went out of bounds that, that kind of hurt us. But otherwise, like the field, the, the punt fielding, great. I'd say, yeah. Uh, we don't. We don't really have to catch it every time either. Just let them let it bounce at the. If it, if they down it at the ten or the five, that's better than a turnover, right? I say just let it let take take what they will give us. Um, and I don't know. I think this game. You know, there's so many different storylines you could talk about, but I just know for a fact that this this is this game will be talked about for you know many years to come, decades. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'd mentioned like one of the top, I forget what you, how you described it, Tommy, but I was, it was actually something I was going to ask you guys after we kind of dissected the game, but man, do you, would you say that like, I well, I'll, I'll, I'll state this emphatically that I feel like Brian Kelly, not only did he get like the true tiger stadium death Valley experience, but I feel like he kind of just wrote himself into history with this game. And it's like, I, I think it's going to be part of the lore of just not just the rivalry, but just, you know, just the, the program in general, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley night game. Uh, would you would you consider maybe this a top five home win at Death Valley? I mean, in my in my lifetime, you know, since I've been watching LSU yeah. and, and I, you know, you could, we could say until, you know, since 2000, I'll, you know, the only thing before that I would think about would be the 97 win against Florida with Kevin Falk and all that. But mm-hmm. let's just say from 2000 on. I mean, I think it's got to be up there. Sure. I mean, you think about j- just in the past, you know, the past 10 years. I can't think of I can't think of really a game better at Tiger Stadium. I mean, 2010 we beat Alabama. That was I think that I think that was a little bit le- like I think that that's I think this game is better than that game just because of the circumstances. You know, in 2010 we had a we had a very 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 good team that was yeah they're, competing. they're comparable they were comparable yeah right? yeah and then and then in 2011 we go there go to their place. And beat them, you know. It's kind of it, 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 those are the years that that's the year we went to 2011. A year later, we went to the national championship. So, well, yeah, yeah. um, that was yeah. that was just a good on good. As far as this, like, gosh, I mean, I You're think not, about I thought instantly about the Florida game from 19. I thought the atmosphere and everything was that was like that. But what do you think, Adel? The only one that kind of jumps out to me is maybe kind of comparable is the 2007 season, Florida at home. Yeah, uh, that's the, true fourth down conversions with Jacob Hester to keep that national championship alive um, against Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a statement win and one that Brian Kelly will ha- like look at on his resume for a, for a good long while here. And it's something that LSU can savor, even if we don't go on to great success the rest of the season, which <laughs> is what, is what we hope for. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sweet victory. Definitely. Well, I mean, I think the craziest thing is like, not only is this an accomplishment for us, this is an accomplishment for, for Brian Kelly. This is his first win against Nick Saban. And this is yeah. something that, you know, he has been 
course, like I think the, the the line that was famous going into this game, you know, it was on the headlines and everything is Brian Kelly. I want to beat Nick Saban. Um, I think he said that, you know, when he when he moved, took the LSU job, basically. Uh, but when you think about it from his perspective, I mean, this is a guy who's played, what, two, three times in uh, a, a national championship and then pl- I think two two playoff games. Um Somewhat notorious for failing in the big games. Well, you could you can say it's failing or you can say, hey, you know what? Like there's there's a ceiling that he was hitting at Notre Dame. And that I think that, you know, you could just say, like, look at the difference. I mean, a ragtag group of guys that are not his not his his guys. He did not recruit them when we were down. We don't have to rehash it. But, you know, 45 scholarship athletes, a bunch of transfers bunch of guys who were not on who were not on this team or not starters last year i mean this i think that this is a coaching job as much as much as these players i mean and the players played great and we did we had a we had uh, like i said near perfect performance from everybody i i give almost you know i give 60 70 percent of the credit just to the coaching because the progression that these that this team has made over eight weeks nine weeks it's incredible. And I think about, uh, I mean, I, I think that, gosh, it just makes me excited for like three years from now or two years from now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's shit. It makes me excited for the rest of the season. No, I mean, uh, yeah. That goes without saying, but also I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to like, let's be honest. We're going to, I think that there's a half decent chance we go to the, um, we go to the SEC championship. I think the next three games are very winnable for us. But we're not gonna. I, I don't know. Maybe it's premature to say. I don't think we're gonna. We're gonna be able to compete with Georgia. All right. Yeah, we got we got blown out by Tennessee, who got beat pretty badly by Georgia. All right. But, but transitive properties doesn't always work in sports. We know that. All right. But Tommy, just based on what we're talking about, though, I mean, you're talking about looking forward. You know, we we there's still this this hump though that like, are you really sure that Brian Kelly is a fit at LSU? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Culturally, right? Oh, yeah, I don't. I, is this I don't guy really going to be for us there long term? No, he's not. He, In your gone. heart of hearts, he's gone. <laughs> no. See, the thing is, is that he he doesn't have an accent. He he doesn't have like a good South Louisiana accent, so he's gone. He tried. He's, he tried, but then we ridiculed him, and now he's he's tucked it back in. in now he's back to Boston, Brian. Yeah. So anyway, um, but seriously, uh, on a on a serious note, though, uh, like. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like the, it's the coaching, man, because this this team was never – they weren't down until the third quarter. Tell me the last time that's happened against Alabama. Not yeah. only were they not down, they had the lead for, let's say, most of the first half, but also it's just like they forced the tide into how many, you know, punts. They, like, they, they, they Not only a punt or the, actually it was the first drive, they, they got an interception. It's like they turned them away each time, and this is – like it's it's you're talking about what we were able to give up uh, defensively. I'd say that's fine because you're not you're not going to be able to completely stop Bryce Young in Alabama, right? Like not a hundred percent. We're not going to hold them to field goals like they held us to field goal, or like we held them the field goals in that uh, twenty twelve championship game. Uh, you, you're just you're not going to hold them to that. But it's like you need that offense to uh, supplant that, and I think that's that's the one thing that we have is. Uh, we've looked good before now, but this game, it, it's looked like all the others except from playing behind. It's like 
Jalen did what he did. Our running backs did what they did. The line did what they did. The receivers did what nobody was dropping passes. Nobody fumbled. Nobody threw interceptions. Uh, everything looked as good as it has the last few games. And I, I feel like you're right. That's the coaching, but it's also, you know, just the players buying in. It's like, he's already got these guys to buy in. Seeds is not even over yet. Right. And some of these guys, he's only been with, uh, you know, eight, nine games, you know, plus a, a preseason. So yeah. I think that's, that's a true testament of, of where they're at. Um, another silly question. Sorry. Hopefully you'll indulge. It's like, do you think though that like he'll, he'll like somehow set a bar too high for himself in season one to where like season two, three and four, it's like, cause you know, this is like a right group of coaching obviously, but also it's like this group of players, I don't know who's going to stay after this year, but um, you know, it's, he's like, he's, he's overachieving in year one. So, cause sure. like, is there a loss on our schedule after this? Shouldn't be, maybe, but shouldn't be. Yeah, the uh, the honeymoon period can be real, and we won't know whether that's the case until next year and the, the following years, obviously, after that. Uh, with the talent that we have, it's entirely possible that we continue the, the ride and, and compete for SEC championships uh, every year, which is what, obviously, the LSU fan base wants and oftentimes demands of their coaching staff. Uh I mean, a lot of these guys will probably be back next year. Um, and so you'll have the base of another good team. But yeah, I think Brian Kelly has shown that he's been able to build winners year in, year out at Notre Dame and Cincinnati before that. They had some down years, obviously, but on the whole, it was good results. So I'm not super worried about that. And I don't think he is either. I think he's just kind of focused on one game at a time and then we'll worry about next year when next year comes. Yeah. Uh, and next year, I think it's going to be sitting pretty because, you know, everybody that wants to stay, I, I feel like it's setting itself up to be, this is, this could be the, the 2018 to what was our 2019, you know, it's like if everybody's, you know, if Jaden's, if everybody stays in one of wants to play for a title, that's, that could be there for them. And you throw in who's, who could be coming in after that. So Lord only knows, but um, I think, uh, you know, something else that, should be uh, highlighted is just something Brian Kelly said. I feel like we've seen it, you know, in, in games throughout this season where this, this team will not give up like in the Florida state game, even though they took a loss, they did not give up. It came down to a a blocked extra point, which, you know, Tigers could have to win there. Uh, Even in Tennessee, you know, it wasn't obviously the Tigers, that game was probably out of reach early on, but you know, it's like, they didn't stop. They still tried to do what they could. Uh, And then on all the other games where they were behind Mississippi state, they were behind to Florida. They were behind to Auburn. It's like we came back, uh, and it was, I just still I still find it remarkable that we were never we weren't down to Alabama until the third quarter, and that was by field goals. <laughs> you know, it's like they they didn't get the end zone until the third quarter. So I, I think that's just an, a remarkable accomplishment as a team and as a defense, and um, it also marks now uh, the twelfth time in a row. That LSU has won when score or when scoring thirty or more points. So we're like twelve and zero now uh, when we score thirty or more points, dating back to you know whenever. Uh, and that's also sixteen November wins in a row by Brian Kelly. So I guess he's good in November. Normally, you know, uh, some of our previous coaches were good up until November, but uh, Brian well, Kelly. Know, he said it. He said October's for pretenders. That's right. But November's for contenders. So. Exactly. Exactly. I still want to hear what, what he said 
after this game. I know he gave like three different game balls out, but yeah, you know, there's probably like a cool quote in there as well. I just I haven't seen it yet, but um, I don't know. Uh, offensively, Daniel, I feel like we did. Like you look at stats wise, like some some aspects, like the game was even, right? Like yards, uh, time of possession, just uh, you know the score, obviously, but touchdowns. But like Jaden Daniels didn't really have; he had way less numbers than uh, Bryce Young. But it's like he did what he usually does, and it's what we needed to win but it's like everybody was involved right running backs yeah. wide receivers tight ends Jaden himself it was just it was an all-star show yeah I mean we we kind of did the LSU tradition of starting a little bit slow offensively we weren't I mean we, we got a touchdown early but we weren't lighting it up on the scoreboard uh, there was a lot of punting going on at the beginning of the game. Uh, people were saying it was shades of 2011 uh, when, was, when Bama was kicking field goals. Uh, but we got into the groove eventually, and we didn't, like you said, we didn't need the stats to score the points. We scored opportunistically when we needed to. We took advantage of key Alabama penalties, of which there were several, um, pass interference and such. Eli Ricks got rung up a little bit uh, on there against his former team. And... Yeah, we uh, the wide receivers, Keishon Butte had one drop, but he made his presence felt. He only had 50 yards, but seven catches and, and a couple of first downs. Malik Neighbors as well. Um, one of the guys that everybody's been giving huge props to, Mason Taylor, true freshman, who caught the had a crazy catch in the end zone to score the touchdown, to go ahead at the end, and then obviously the two-point conversion to win it. Um, and it says something that Brian Kelly is willing to – risk the game on what looked to be like a hot route design play for him on the two point conversion. Uh, it's and so I'll be happy to have him around for the next two years after this one. Uh, but yeah. And then the running backs, um, Josh Williams, great game, um, key first down conversions when he needs to, and huge blocks he freed up Jaden Daniels on his touchdown run as well as Mason Taylor. Uh, so they all did their job. And like we mentioned before, the offensive line did just enough holding up to, to give us the time to, to execute. Yeah. And how about John Emery? Uh, he he kind of like set a different bar for himself, right? He had a nice uh, catch and run there, which was one of the highlights they kept showing was like, he was starting to high step and then he just does this little big step plant right at the sideline. That was like, a centimeter from being out. Yeah. Cuts back in. You see the Bama guy whiff. He goes in and scores. It's like, yay, that's why you came. Uh, that was, that was awesome. And yeah, it's like the, the Mason Taylor story, man. It's incredible. Little did I know that his dad, like had his own legacy and his like, coach at Miami, right? Like, oh, he was coaching. NFL, NFL hall of famer, basically Jason Taylor, defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. So, so got like, he, yeah. And uh, it's like, he, came here even though his dad coaches elsewhere and his his mom was at the game and he had like a really sweet embrace you could tell his tears just flowing on both sides but how 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 would that be as a freshman you know uh just to catch not only the what you think would be the go-ahead game ball but also the go-ahead uh two-point conversion to win it the walk-off uh yeah i mean brian brian kelly you know he's he, he knows what he has and he has faith in him that's that's why he you know he went for the two-point conversion and he said F this back and forth. Let's just take this right now. What do you say? It's like, if you told me before the game, hey, I'll give you one play to beat Alabama. Yeah, I'll take that 100 times out of 100. You know? Yeah. 50-50. Instead of going this back and forth stuff, and Lord knows there were some calls there you thought, 
<laughs> do they really are they really it's like they're just taking the ball from LSU and just giving it to Alabama just by sleight of hands. You know, the whole um what was it that that strip, that strip catch uh he caught the ball, the I think it was the Bama tight end or whatever, he stripped it and uh, he was out of bounds when he touched it. So Bama not only retains possession, but like they basically just got a first down. Yeah. It was a fourth down play. Yeah. And then in, in, in overtime, when Makai Wingo may or may not have tipped the ball, looked like his middle finger moved. Yeah, he tipped it. He when tipped it skimmed it. it. And then they said that he didn't tip it. And you can't have pass interference on a tip ball, which gave them the opportunity to score a touchdown. Obviously, it didn't end up mattering. But if we had lost that, LSU on tiger droppings and online would have just about lost their minds. True. I'll say this though. What if it did come down to the two point conversion though? Cause LSU came right back and scored. It's not like LSU, you know, had lost what lost it on fourth down. Like they came right back and they went for the win. They're in position to win. I felt even if they didn't get it, tiger fans, they would be disappointed, but they would still be proud. Right. Just because of the game. Like, no, they, I agree. Even if we lost, I don't think if, what what the hell is he doing? I felt like you know what? I'm glad he went for it, and like you know, it could have been an inch that he was short, but I feel like the fans still would have backed him on it. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the hardest decisions I think in coaching football is like go for two to win or one to to tie and play for more time. But yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, the more you're on the field against Bama, the less likely you, uh, your chances are to win. And we had just shocked them. It was the first play of overtime that we scored. It was over before it even started. And then Bama was on their heels. Like they didn't even know what had happened. So obviously that's the, the right call to say, all right, we, we got them where we want them. Boom. Let's go for the kill shot. And then they converted. So it uh, doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. No, no. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys, how I heard, like I was watching this at buddy's house. He, uh, we we went to Georgia, so we were watching the Georgia Tennessee game. Then you know, I I stayed for Alabama or Alabama LSU. Everyone had left. Friend was starting to fall asleep. His daughter's there scrolling on her phone. I'm like, I feel bad. I'm like just like you know imposing on them to try and finish out this LSU game, and then it goes into overtime. I'm like, I can't stay. All right, guys, I'll head out. And I'm trying to <laughs> I try and catch it on the radio, and I finally do like right after Alabama scored and uh, the guys were talking about, you can't tell me that that ball was not tipped by McCoy. I caught the LSU feed <laughs> in Georgia. Wow. Go figure. I feel like some of these local stations, like they'll just try and get any feed that they can yeah. broadcast the game because the game is so, you know, so I feel like I, I just lucked out, but I was able to hear Chris Blair call LSU's last possession on the way home. So that was, that was totally awesome. Nice. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought I was going to miss out, but I didn't. But man, just I, I, I don't know if there's enough you can say about the finish, the game itself. Like, you know, eight lead changes in the second half. It's just there was just you know people that were there were talking about it. Like you could just feel the energy in the stadium the whole time, like the whole game. God bless night games at Tiger Stadium, but you know it's everyone shows up more for Alabama. It seems. But the fact that they were able to get out of there with a win in the way that they got it, this I, I feel like it what I, what I was talking about last pot about, you know, LSU, you know, Tiger Stadium needs to show up above and beyond. It's oh, yeah. it's it's completely cemented itself again as uh, you know, one of the one of the top environments in college football, if not the top. Agree. Yeah. Wow. 
what else you got to say? I mean, just a, just an important, an important win. Um, I mean, I think that this will, you know, hopefully this will be the, the standard as we move forward. And, you know, this is something that talk about recruiting. This is something you can, that Brian Kelly will be able to recruit on uh, for, for, you know, the whole next year. And yeah. Or, or even like the hours after the game. True. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, and we did pick up a few more recruits and, and like you said, Scott, a couple, uh, what a couple decided like the next day, uh, you know, unleashed their, their commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel, you got, uh, you got any, uh, any thoughts on the recruiting? Yeah, well, it's uh, a huge swing. Obviously Brian Kelly had been doing pretty well in the recruiting game already with the hashtag BK takeover and all that. Um, and yeah, this, just this weekend, we had a few more guys, uh, sign on to our class. Um, the, the first kind of big one before the game, a couple days, actually, I think it was the day before, um, was Colin Hurley. Who's the, the number two quarterback in the country in the 2025 class, um, coming out of Jacksonville, Florida as, so he's a sophomore, but already has won two state championships in the state of Florida but he committed to LSU and reclassified to 2024. So he'll be coming in two years from now. And that's a really a centerpiece for that class already. Obviously it's two years away. So a lot can happen, but he kind of reaffirmed his decision after the game and said he was proud of everybody and all that. So um, the quarterback is the the leader of the football team and we got one of the best in the country there already. And then as far as like the, the 2023 class that we've got coming on here, uh, we had two commits, uh, during the weekend, the first one was, uh, oh dear, I'm looking at all the, the list. Oh yeah. So the first one was DJ Chester, big offensive tackle, uh, out of Georgia, six, five, 300. Our offensive line class is looking really good next year, uh, with, uh, Lance Hurd, uh, out of Monroe, Louisiana, and then a few others. And then also we got, um, Dylan Carpenter out of St. Amal, Louisiana, just outside of Baton Rouge. Got to shout him out because uh, my girlfriend, he she went to the same high school as this guy, um, so a uh, little hometown hero there. But and and he was at the game as well. He was posting pictures on the field after the game. So and I think that's what made him pull the trigger, obviously, at that moment and commit to LSU. Looking forward, we have all twenty five spots filled up for twenty twenty three, which is not concerning, but I mean it's obviously good that we got all these people last year. We were struggling to get like twenty, uh, but. So there is a chance that some of these people may get kind of processed or shuffled around if we get top level talent coming in, which is what we want. And some of that top level talent was at the game. Also, uh, five star cornerback Desmond Ricks, no relation to Eli. Um, He's one that LSU is going heavily, heavily for number one corner in the country for this year's class out of IMG. He was there, loved the game. Uh, and then uh, JV and Toviano, another defensive back out of Texas, highly rated. Uh, they were right there together and saw LSU take down the tide. So Desmond Ricks had already narrowed it down to LSU, Alabama, and I believe Ohio State. So hopefully this game uh, shown a good light on our program, showed that we can commit or compete with these other big time programs and that we're a great place to go. And so Brian Kelly is going to be calling them up this week and saying, Hey, I hope you liked what you saw. We got more of that coming. Uh, come on down and uh, we'll, we'll have a great time. So a uh, big weekend for recruiting as well. Looking forward and um, yeah, exciting times for LSU football. Sorry if I was a little bit long winded. Oh, that was great. I mean, and then, 
I mean, let's just let's just also uh, if they if they need anything more convincing, I mean, who knows? Brian Kelly might dance with them. Three sixty camera booth. That's funny. Um, another little tidbit. Um, there was uh, also you could consider this another one of those earthquake type games. Uh, the the seismology, the Geiger counter, whatever. Oh, no, what? No, it's not. That's seismograph. Seismograph. Thank you. Geiger counter. That's nuclear activity. <laughs> well, she doesn't have a nuclear reactor on campus, as far as I know. Uh, but the 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 seismograph went off during the game twice, actually. Um, and according to the timeline, it looked like it was when uh, Taylor caught the the touchdown to go ahead right before the end of the game, but then also the the two-point conversion uh, in overtime. Uh, I think both of those registered. So another another earthquake game in the books. Yeah. Um, Although I will say I'm a little bit – I feel like they – I feel like there have been a lot of earthquake games recently. Like didn't we have one a couple years ago? Uh, These these meters are – I feel like these meters are a little bit – they, they they might have their finger on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the lab coat kind of bumps it. He's like, oh, there, there it goes. Yeah. Right. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I don't know. I hope we wouldn't have to do that. But, uh, you know, I just thought it was newsworthy. But, yeah, you're right. It's They've probably uh, lowered lowered the, the reception down a little bit. But whatever. Uh, I mean, it was still, still an awesome game. I, I can oh, yeah. believe that they created enough. Uh, vibrations to to set off a, a, a meter somewhere but um that was actually the second tide alabama has lost by a single point under nick saban just one of those you know e- useless espn facts you know um it's like it was also this the first um well it was like it was like the second time alabama's had two losses before the iron bowl since I think the last time we beat them 2010, you know, just one of those weird useless other than just to mention it facts. Um, but I don't know. I imagine there's a, a lot of these this year with Brian Kelly and, and his team and just whatever they continue to accomplish. Um, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think that, you know, could LSU be like the first two team first two lost team in the playoffs because all they have to do is basically win out their schedule and they will play in the NCC championship. And should they go on to beat Georgia, like just the resume alone. Yeah. I know they have two losses against both teams that, you know, are now, well, Tennessee's still uh, pretty formidable. They could be in the playoff themselves actually. So that, I mean, I don't know, that kind of helps LSU's chances. I don't know if, if it helps if they beat them that badly, but um I think yeah. if LSU wins an wins the uh, SEC championship, they're in the playoff. Yeah, I, the SEC it, champion right? will be in the playoff. I I bet almost I would bet money on. Yeah, with no with no no more than two losses. I'll ask you that, Daniel. Would you say yes or no? I was going to say yes, but unfortunately, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed. Just the way kind of things are set up around right now, we know the committee loves it. The SEC, they gave LSU a big boost before this game, up to number 10, which was much higher than most others had them. And, and now we'll deserves, what, obviously. And we'll see what the rankings are tomorrow, but probably slot in somewhere around the seven-ish range. Uh, but Clemson losing is a, is a big boost to us because now even if they win the uh, ACC with one loss, I think the two-loss LSU goes in above them. Uh, same, same type of thing for the Pac-12. They're going to have a one-loss or worse champion. 
Uh, so the only kind of weird factors is like an undefeated TCU, undefeated Ohio State. Then, yeah, like you're saying, who else? Like two loss LSU. Yeah, they'd get in. And then maybe a one loss Georgia who that we just beat. I feel like Georgia is almost in either way, even if they yeah. lose the SEC championship, unless things kind of come crashing down around them because we saw the same situation last year where they lost to Alabama. They got in and they won it. Uh, so, and plus they've obviously they, they beat Tennessee badly. They've shown that they're the best team in the country at this point and are very deserving barring any late season collapses. Um, so it's a weird situation, but yes, I think probably 95% chance. Yes. If LSU runs the table, then they're in. Yeah, I agree. Well, what about Tennessee though? Cause it, like they, they lost to Georgia. So obviously Georgia's in control on their end, but Tennessee's schedule sets up very nicely for, for them for the rest of the season. All, if they win out, they're still sitting there with only this one loss on the road to what would be now number one, Georgia. So if LSU were to win out and beat Georgia, Tennessee's still just sitting there with that one loss, but they beat LSU, the SEC champion. Uh, what do you do, committee? What do you do? I think it's I think it's that situation from a couple of years ago when AM was left out of the dance um because they had the one loss to I forget who it was. Didn't they when, when okay you know uh, what it might have been to us because they didn't they didn't beat us until like two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. It was at, no, it was after that. They, there was one loss, they were like number five in the nation. It was they a twenty twenty season. That's what it yeah, was like, yeah. it was shortened. Um uh, and they lost to who did they lose to, Daniel? I'm Googling. Okay. But I guess but, but my point on that is that like I think I think that Tennessee would be left out. If if LSU They lost to Alabama. Okay. If LSU were to were to uh to beat Georgia, Georgia's in. I think Georgia's in regardless, like you said, Scott. And then I think that an SEC champion LSU would get in over one loss Tennessee, who was, you know, left at home. Uh, heads would explode, right? Oh, they would. No, you're right. Wow. <laughs> but but that, that's the thing about though the playoff committee. It's it's they they're not just looking at what you did where. It's like they're looking at the whole season. It's like yeah, we know they lost twice, but like they bar- let's be honest, people. They barely lost that first game, and yep. that was like Brian Kelly still trying to you know, get these guys to speak the same language, basically. Uh, well, they, also, go ahead. I, they also, you know, they also give, they give a lot of, um, it's like the recency. They, like they are looking at the team right now. They're saying like, who is the best team in the country at this moment? That's the, the argument they made. I forget who it was. Um, might've been uh, Ohio state two years ago when when they played Bama and the you know it's like Ohio State started off a little bit shaky to start the season and then you know they did I don't think they had a loss but they were not looking like oh you know they're not the best but the committee you know comes in and, and puts them in and it's because well at this you know at the final the final stage of the of the the thing at the final decision they were the second or third best team in the country. Yeah. Uh it's funny you mentioned that though because I saw a bunch of stuff because obviously the Playoff rankings came out after we last recorded, in which case LSU was, what, I think 15 at the time. Um, We were just curious to see what the playoff committee was going to rank, like, you know, the top five or 10. Uh, But lo and behold, 
they put LSU at number 10. And we were amazed by that. We're like, yeah, I guess you're right. We are pretty good. But they're looking at like the last few weeks, right? Like, uh, and this was before they beat Bama. So they obviously saw some value in LSU. But then after that, it was like, we proved them right. Many people were saying, oh, well, they just ranked LSU that high so that it helps Bama look good. So that Bama has this top 10 win now that the playoff rankings are out. Like, well, turns out to be the other way around because we beat their ass. And now we're going to use that win and let's see where they put us this week. But you're Uh, right. It's not SEC bias. It's just they're good teams. I I don't disagree, though, that I think they I think they do this. I think they set up matchups. You know, it's like to basically like prove it to me kind of thing. You know, like, okay, LSU, you're looking good. You beat beat Ole Miss. You you know, you're on a hot streak. Okay, we're going to rank you high. And now let's see if you're at, because then if they, if you, if you get the ranking and then you lose, if they if we lost Alabama really badly, then there's no, then, then there's no excuse. You know, you can't say later on, Oh, well, we were the, the committee never gave us a chance. That kind of thing. Kind of the same thing with Tennessee. Like they were hot and then the committee put them number one. When most other people were just thinking Georgia or Ohio state, they're like, all right, Tennessee, you, you look really good. Perfect. You can go number, number one and you got Georgia this week take them down and you're undisputed. And then they, they folded a little bit. So uh, yeah. tough luck. Uh, I think they folded a lot. They, they didn't score a touchdown until it third, fourth quarter. They were the hottest, you know, supposedly offense in the nation. Uh, Not that's a theory. I, I, I can't, I can't dispute it. You know, I, I, I want to say that I, I don't know. I thought the committee was really just kind of just looking at each team individually. And they just had these blind ballots where they just, you know, the seatings, worked out the way they did but you know it's like yeah maybe they do look at these teams and value them independently and this is what they see and obviously they overvalued alabama but they uh i think they were pretty spot on with lsu yeah it's uh, <laughs> and clemson was obviously overvalued as well uh, yeah that, that clemson loss is just uh has been i've just been anxiously waiting for that to come through and it finally did because mm-hmm. they they didn't they they deserve they you know they deserve about three of them this year. Right. They've eked out of so many games. I'm so glad that they're right. finally that they finally been taken down, and that way we can we can dispel <laughs> with the uh, with this notion of them getting to the playoff. Yeah, because yeah. even if even if they win out, they're going to have a tough time convincing people that they deserve to be there. But if they if they had gone undefeated, they would have gotten in. It would have been no question. Yeah, because you could say like, all right undefeated conference champion like even if they look really bad you can't argue against that you, you nah. put them in and it's and it's just disgusting that, to imagine clemson <laughs> being it being in there as the as one of the top four teams in the nation mm-hmm. i know it would have been sickening uh, it would have been sickening yeah uh speaking of, well not sickening but interesting is I, i'd always thought like at the start of this season that wow you know what would be funny is if because uh, everyone, you know, LSU and Notre Dame fans, we've been jawing at each other for a while, just talking about the coaching situations because uh, RAD took their coach and they're like, fine, you can have him. We're happy with our coach. You guys are going to be so sorry. <laughs> and it kind of looked like I we didn't even want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of interesting how it played out. I always thought, you know, it'd, you know, it'd be funny. It'd probably work out to both teams dismay is, LSU and Notre Dame would probably play each other in a bowl game somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, for up until this week, I thought, you know, that's probably still possible. But um, 
after this week, I don't know. I feel like LSU's maybe like a tier above at the moment. If we were to lose some one of these last three games, which I really don't think we should after this, mm-hmm. like unless LSU has to come down. I, I don't think the Brian Kelly – I don't think I don't know. I don't think I think he'll have him focused. So I, yeah. I'm hopefully that's not going to be an issue. But you know, if we were to lose another one, I, I could just totally see uh, the committee or whoever deciding putting Notre Dame against us with like a, if not similar, very equal record. Uh, Notre Dame LSU in the Outback Bowl. Exactly. Actually, it's no longer the Outback Bowl, though, is it? I think it got discontinued. Yeah, they did discontinue it. But whatever that bowl is. SEC versus typically like a big twelve, a big ten team, but they're well, got it's got to be something. It's got to be food related, right? It's like it's Big <sighs> Ten, you think steaks and corn. If it's the SEC, you're thinking all kinds of stuff. It's like I don't know who, who, who could take over the the Outback Bowl. That's all I've known it since, gosh, two thousands maybe early two thousand. I don't know. Um, it's now the Rely Quest Bowl. Rolls off the tongue. I'm already what lost. Is that? <laughs> it should have been the Walk-Ons Bowl or something like that. I think there the- is a Walk-Ons Bowl, or there was for like a year. Uh, speaking of walk, a- speaking of Walk-Ons, I had a thought during the LSU game that I sent to Tommy. This is oh, a million-dollar yeah. idea. Uh, how does Josh Williams not have the biggest NIL deal with walk-ons yep. considering he's a All former right. walk-on who just played a dominant role against Bama's like four, five-star athletes. Uh, and he's in Baton Rouge walk-ons has to sign this man now and pay me 10% royalties for this idea. Um, yeah. but and Josh now that Williams, you've said it on the po- on the podcast, it's legally binding. Yeah. Although LSU will somehow steal that idea. Cause they steal like a bunch of our ideas a little bit. It's, it's true. They uh, do. They, they, they like go, they secretly watch our, or listen to our, podcast and they just steal what's the what's the lawyer in baton rouge with all the billboards gordon, gordon mckernan yeah there you go that's that's who you need that's who needs to talk to joshua williams right there he's got every other player i don't see why he can't add another one that's what i'm saying yeah exactly or i'm surprised the the guy that started walk-ons who hasn't done anything yet um but yeah, uh, just incredible, incredible story, incredible season in Baton Rouge. It's not over, though, because, you know, you have Arkansas on the road this week. Like I said, I, I feel like Brian Kelly's going to have this team focused. You know, they can celebrate. They have their time to celebrate. Uh, again, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a postgame atmosphere. Like, uh, say what you will about storming the field. Again, uh, this one was deserved. Sure. I'd say it's it's fine. Nobody's gonna bat two eyes at you know at the fine of it. I think after this though, we're we're, we're cool on the, the, the <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're good for the well, yeah. now. The only chance would be to storm uh storm UAB. <laughs> you know it because uh, then you got to do it every game like Clemson, and that's just that's just overkill. That's overkill. Uh, but um, I don't know. I think um, LSU's got. Arkansas on the road again it's not a gimme I, I know the you you want to think that well they just lost to Liberty at home but I don't know Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Freeze has uh, had Liberty playing well for for a few years now so uh, they you know it's not something to ignore I'd still say Arkansas can be dangerous though you know kind of like how we've been dangerous to the last two top 10 teams that we have faced and were severely uh, under severe underdogs too. So, well, maybe not as much old Miss, but like we were thirteen point underdogs to Alabama. 
So I, I feel like, you know, maybe now LSU finally has shown where they are. But uh, Arkansas, I don't know. They could still trip it up for us. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Arkansas, they're a good team. And, and I mean, KJ Jefferson is a great, is a, is a great uh, player. I like what they do. They play, uh, you know, they play tough, but they they are, I think the good news for LSU is that um, it seems like ever since that A&M game that they lost, they've kind of been on the downslide. Yeah. Arkansas, it, it feels kind of like the opposite of what I was saying last week where, like Bama was the superior talent team, but maybe we can win because uh, we're playing at home. And so now it's the same type of thing where Arkansas, like LSU has more talent, but they're playing at home. They have the kind of the mitigating circumstances, like the home crowd. It's a noon kickoff, which we experienced against Tennessee and played terribly. The high on that on Saturday is supposed to be like 40 degrees. LSU mm-hmm. doesn't play well in the cold um, in Fayetteville. And we're kind of coming down off the huge win against Alabama. So there's, there's danger in this game. Uh, I'm kind of glad I'm not going. I don't want to freeze, but uh, I, th- I think we still come away with a victory. Uh, we're, we're just riding high at this point and Alabama or Arkansas, they, they've played some games well and some games badly. Uh, and LSU's just been more consistent there. So I think we come out ahead like uh, 38 to, to 24 or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll reference the stat you said earlier, Scott, about, us score more than 30, we win. Arkansas's defense is pretty porous, especially their run defense. So I think we get to 30 and we we hold them off. There you go. Tommy. Uh I mean, I think I think LSU. Um, I think we win, but we might it, it'll be close. I think this is kind of a, a little, I think we'll, we'll see a little bit of a lag, a little bit of a letdown um after such an emotional win at Tiger Stadium that it'll be a little bit close for comfort. Um, still think, yeah, I think that, I think that the momentum though, that we have going into this, um, will carry us through, uh, and, and, and I think that the downward momentum that Arkansas has, cause it just doesn't feel like they're, uh, they have as much to play for as maybe, you know, beginning of the season, people were thinking maybe they'll compete for the West. Yeah. They're, they're a team that can, that could beat Alabama that can beat, uh, a&M and, and really be a, a, a top team, um, you know, now not so much. So I, I think we get the win. Um, and I'm checking the line right now. It's LSU minus three. Minus three. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we win and I think we cover. Okay. I would agree. I would, I would say I would agree like specifically to what you're saying. I think LSU 23 to 20. I don't know. I feel like, you know, just on the road and Arkansas's, uh, you know, they've, they've got a lot more to fight for now that we've beat them. You know, we've kind of got the X on our back cause we're at the top of the West. Um, you know, in all likelihood, you know, it could be that, uh, you know, Arkansas and A&M are, you know, might not have a postseason. So this is like their, the last game on their schedule where they have something to prove. So we're going to, we're going to see their best game like Alabama does every game. Uh, I'd say, we we just find a way to. I think though, if our if our coaching staff like if because you know, just this is just my guess that like in the last you know few years, uh, except for maybe twenty nineteen, uh, it's like you, we tend to go in Alabama with a conservative game plan. We do what we can to win, and you know whatever happens after that happens. Uh, but I remember last year, it's like we. You know, it was it was very close with Alabama. I mean, like it was we was it was 
20 to 14, a game we really shouldn't have been that close. And then we played Arkansas, and it was also close. Like, we, we took them to overtime. It yep. wasn't expected. So uh, I don't know, really know what to expect because this time it's like you would think that we would be able to go into Arkansas and just um, not necessarily dominate because we haven't really done that this season except for, you know, like Southern or, you know, New Mexico or somebody like that. So uh, I don't know. I feel like it's – well. It, it won't it won't look so on the scoreboard, but it'll be convincing enough for us watching the game. It's like it's a good win. It won't look like it on the scoreboard, but uh, like we I, hopefully we won't take a step back, right? I agree with that. I think I think, but I, th- I think that w- it will be, you know, it'll be convincing, but not uh, overwhelming. We're not going to go out there. I I just don't think we're going to go out there and beat them by like. 45 points. Yeah. The, the, word, points. the word of the day is survive. Like, yeah. Um, Cause we win these last two sec games or win the championship. We don't have to prove anybody wrong. We beat Alabama. We've got that feather in our cap. You just got to survive and keep on moving. So hopefully the Kelly and the tigers can take care of business. True. Yeah. Even if we lose to UAB and win the other two, we're in the sec championship. So uh, that would be a very LSU move, to be honest. <laughs> That's true. It's not. No, it's not. That is not going to happen at this. I don't point. think Brian Kelly would let that happen. No, no, he would not. He would definitely not. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see because, man, who? I don't think anyone really. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Brian Kelly. Maybe some of the players. Right? Like, I don't know that anyone logically just looking you know, us guys that follow this team for however many years now, like just looking at what they had to end the season, looking where we're going with into the new season. Like, do you think we would have been at this point beating Bama with only two losses? No. All right. If you you had told me we were seven and two at this point, I would not have predicted that Florida state and Tennessee were the two losses that we (laughs) saw. Right, but, but I mean, looking just to see the way the season has gone, like, who could you have given those wins to? <laughs> you know, like, I, I definitely couldn't have given it to Mississippi State. Um, Florida, you could have thought maybe before the season. Auburn, definitely not. I think the beginning of the season, you'd say, you'd say, if you told me, okay, at, at uh, after nine, you're seven and two. Tell me who. Tell me who your LSU's losses are. I say right. Bama. Oh wait, I guess you're. Yeah, you're right. It's Bama. I, I would say A and M, but we haven't played A and M yet. Yeah. Um. Just because of the high hopes they had. Yeah, I think you'd have to say it was Florida. Maybe we were seven and zero, and we just went back to back L's against Ole Miss and Bama. Well, that's true too. That's what I would have guessed probably, but we would have all been wrong. Speaking of. Um, what is it? Uh, and there's some, some good games. I mean, I, I thought the, uh, you know, the Georgia Tennessee game was, was, well, it was, it was kind of one-sided, but you know, Florida took out A&M basically, but uh, I don't know. There's just been some, some of, like Auburn was down big, almost came back and won it. And like, they, you know, they just appointed some coach. Like, I, I don't know. It's like you, you say every, I saw something before this week about, Alabama fans and what they see as their rival. Like we don't even see LSU as a rival. So, you know, this game's big for you guys, but whatever. But whatever. I know they're not gonna say that now, but um I, I think it's true though, and it doesn't matter what's going on with Auburn. It's like the the Iron Bone's always a a good game. Like I, I feel like this year, the way that Auburn just showed itself in this past game that they were losing horribly, um, 
Like, I don't know. Uh, I think the Iron Bowl could still be good again. You know, they have Cadillac Williams coaching their team. Did you guys see any of that? It was just it's like they were down 24 to 7, and then just he was like, I don't know. It's like watching Dion at Jackson State. It was just like all this emotion and hype and just Auburn was coming back. They were making yeah. plays. It was crazy. It's cool to see him. I, I like him. He, he, I don't know if you saw the interview uh, with him. Bef- you saw the before? I saw the before where they asked him something. And he's like, you just kind of took a second and looked at him. Is that what you're talking about? Where he's just like, this. Is, I'm coaching Auburn. Like, this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, it was really cool. What about some other games? You guys, I, I mean, Ohio State, <laughs> you kind of wonder what, like, are they going to get out of this game against, who is it checks the notes? Northwestern? Northwestern. <laughs> really? they, they splashed around in the rain for about three quarters and then they figured that, it out. That looked like a, talk about, you know, you talk about a miserable game at, uh, in the cold in uh, in Arkansas, you know, this, this week. Oh, that looked like a miserable game to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, I, I don't know if you watched uh, well, I mean, the, the uh, USC game, late, the late one. I fell asleep. Act 12 after dark. I, yeah, I was able to watch a little bit because that was going on. Then UCLA was playing uh, somebody, too. So there's two games going on, actually, I think. Yeah. Did you watch the USC game to complete? I did not. No, not to complete. Man, it was it went late. But, um, I you know, it's a big game to uh, to pay attention to you know for our purposes for um those you know wondering about the playoff and everything uh i mean usc uh i wanted to i wanted to give a shout out to my two lane green wave who continue to win uh eight and one highest ranking well they had their their first ever ranked versus ranked home game uh, this upcoming week against UCF. And then a lot of people or not a lot of people, but two lane fans were uh, pining for college game day to come down to new Orleans for that, which would have been awesome. They've never hosted, but uh, game day chose Texas instead for the matchup against TCU, which is disappointing. But um, as long as Tulane keeps winning, they got that uh, New Year's Six Bowl game in their sights, which would be amazing, considering they've been long struggling. Uh, so that game should be fun if you're into Group of Five football. I'm going to be trying to watch that at 2.30 <laughs> Central. If, if you're Saturday. into Group of Five football. That's <laughs> if, if you're into it's a It's a small, small but passionate demographic. Kind of Canadian football. <laughs> uh, I mean, but here's the thing, though, is like what – who knows what, what the committee would do at the end of the year, you know, if, if things kind of stayed the same, uh, you know, uh, obviously if LSU wins the ACC, we're talking about a different storyline, but I don't know, as it stands now with LSU's record and Tulane's record, you know, you could see how if the season ended today, some, you know, there's, there's some jackasses out there that think it would be funny. Oh, they're in state. They should play. Well, it's, it's not impossible for LSU to play Tulane like in a New Year's Six Bowl because the highest group of five team gets an automatic bid, which is Tulane at this point. That's and true. say LSU loses to Georgia or something, they're 10 yeah. and three, and yeah. they get sent to the Cotton Bowl or something, LSU versus Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. That would be a fun one to watch. Or the think about Bowl, play, something like that. Think about Joe's, Joe's first bowl, 28, or 2018, the PlayStation Bowl. Yeah. He played U, uh, UCF. Yeah. But then Daniel would have to like, Cut his have to wear that split jersey. <laughs> yeah, he'd have I to have cut to. his burrow jersey that he had to buy two years ago in half and then mesh, mesh it with a two lane jersey. I have a big one of those. I don't know if you've seen like the house divided signs or flags yeah. or something. I have a big house divided like LSU two lane flag. I'll have to, to get it out um for some podcast or, or viewing event. It, but yeah, get it out for selection something special. 
<laughs> oh man uh, i don't know guys uh, i feel like that's a good amount oh by the way um just one more thing on the field storming stuff uh, i don't know i i was all for it this game i think it was totally appropriate whatever i thought it was really cool that our basketball coach had pretty good seats in the stadium but then he chose to get down on the field afterwards yeah to, to help celebrate that was awesome yeah <laughs> yeah and speaking uh, of speaking of basketball, the season starts this week, which is kind of crazy. I mean, with all the, yeah. I mean, they're playing Kansas City on Wednesday and Arkansas State on Saturday. So I probably will not be tuning into those games, to be honest. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about basketball in a few weeks, but uh, true, um, true. Uh, and I think they picked up a commitment this weekend as well. I don't know if it was because of the LSU game, but to see a coach that's recruiting you having a good time on a field like that. I mean, I, you know, they, they've said that before, you know, yeah, that, that helps. Yeah. Ri- was able to bring rising, to rising tide lifts all boats. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else guys from this week, LSU, uh, rest of football or beyond saints not are playing right now. I think. Yeah. Saint, saints just kicked off. Um, I mean, not too, gosh, not too much, just another, okay. Just another great win. I mean, just just bask in it for another second. Yeah, awesome week. So happy that LSU could do this. I was running around outside my apartment yelling at uh, almost midnight on the East Coast. Um, great time and hope the, the train ride continues. Be sure to set your alarm clocks for Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff central. Uh, it'll be cold. Arkansas is going to try and call the hogs, but uh, Tigers will be there to match them. True. That's right. I, yeah, I think LSU will be victorious. Maybe not by much, but at this point, it doesn't matter. As as Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. <laughs> just win. I don't think that's uh, – if we just win our next three games by a combine of nine points, I don't think it matters. I think we're good to go. Uh, I guess we'll see either way. But um, having said all that, hope everyone had a great week. We got this. You got the Saints game that's about to happen. Hopefully feel good about their chances. We haven't even talked about them yet. I mean, like they just crazy, crazy week for them as well. Um, but I guess we could maybe dip our toes into that pool next week. Um, after we talk about this LSU Arkansas game, whatever happens there, but either way, we will have it here for you on talking Tigs. So with all that and in the rest that's going on in college football, hope everyone has a great week. We hope that you stay safe that you stay tuned here to us because we will be talking to you next week for the next time here on Talking Tips.